Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, host of The Schmooze. I'll be away, and in my absence, Eitan Kensky, Yiddish Book Center's Director of Digital Collection Initiatives, has offered to host our program today. Welcome, Eitan, and take it away. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm not your host, Lisa Newman. I'm Eitan Kensky, sitting in for Lisa. And today I'm visiting with Yiddish Book Center fellows, Miranda Cooper, Zeke Levine, and Raphael. Miranda Cooper received a Bachelor's of Arts in English with a concentration in Jewish studies from Williams College in 2016. Prior to coming to the center, she spent the past year studying at Columbia University, freelance writing, and interning at literary institutions, including Tablet Magazine, Literal Latte, Pan America, and the Wiley Agency. She has also interned at Fig Tree Books, a publisher that specializes in literature of the American Jewish experience. Zeke Levine of Princeton is an alumnus of the Center's 2016 Steiner Summer Yiddish Program. He graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a Bachelor's of Music and Jazz-based performance and a Certificate in Conflict Resolution and Peace Studies. While at UT, Zeke studied Yiddish language and Jewish-American history, gaining familiarity and experience with klezmer music through rehearsal and performance with an Austin community klezmer group. Raphael Helf grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey, and Paris, and has struggled to recreate the romanticized European shtetl in every place he has resided. He sustains himself strictly on herring, favors pricey apartments that were formerly tenements, and of course surrounds himself with Yiddish literature. Raphael graduated from the Columbia University Jewish Theological Seminary Joint Program in Computer Science and Jewish Literature. That's the official joint program. It's in computer science and in Jewish literature. He studied Yiddish at Columbia, the Vilnius Yiddish Institute, and the Center's Steiner Summer Yiddish Program. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Shalom Aleichem. Can you give me a brief description of what you've been working on as part of your fellowship here at the Yiddish Book Center? Let's start with you, Miranda. Sure. So I am a communications fellow and translation fellow, which means that I work on um, social media. I manage our Twitter and our Instagram, so you should definitely give us a follow. And I work on press releases. Um, I write for for our website. And um, I also, in my capacity doing translation, help manage our uh, translation fellowship program, which is a really cool program that gives grants to emerging Yiddish translators to write uh, to translate a work of Yiddish into English. Great. Uh, and what social media platforms is the Yiddish Book Center out there on? What should we follow? Well, we're on many platforms. We're primarily on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as YouTube. Um, but I am the voice behind our Instagram and our Twitter, so those are the ones that you'll find me on. No Snapchat? No Snapchat yet. <laughs> uh, how is our Vine doing? Uh, thankfully, we have no Vines. Okay. <laughs> Um, Zeke, can you tell me a little bit about your um, responsibilities here at the Yiddish Book Center? In addition to producing the podcast that you're listening to right now, I also work with a lot of the music and audio collections of the Yiddish Book Center. So that has included the Francis Brandt uh, recordings that come to us from the Jewish Public Library in Montreal. And I'm also working through uh, many hundreds of pieces of sheet music trying to get those organized as much as possible to make them accessible to the public and to researchers who are interested. And Rafi? 
Well, I'm called the Digital Collections Fellow. And what I do really is I, for example, I just recently wrote templates for people to post, um, be able to post on our website new exercises and games to learn the Yiddish language. Those were on our old website, if you if you remember back then, but they're going to be revamped for our new website. Um, I also write things like a finding aid for Mendele Mocher's farm. We have one up for Shalom Aleichem, but we need some more for other big names um, and things like that. I'm also trying to figure out, I have little mini projects. For example, there's a big mystery about the Yiddish linotype we have here, and I'm trying to figure things out about that. I just want to clarify for the reader that there's not really a mystery about the linotype machine. Uh, <laughs> there's an official story that Rafi has decided is incorrect, and he's determined to research the true history of the Yiddish linotype machine. <laughs> so I'm hoping that his revisionist exploration uh, comes to fruition, um, but I'm very, I will be excited to share whatever he writes about the topic regardless. Uh, Rafi, why don't I start the next question with you. What drew you to Yiddish, and what led you to apply to the fellowship? At Columbia and JTS, I took a class, two classes simultaneously, one with Nochum Lerner in the Yiddish language and one with David Roski's called Yiddish Fabulous. It was a literature course. And together they, they, they wonderfully overwhelmed me, and, and I became infatuated that way. And I felt the only place where I can combine my two interests, that's computer science and Yiddish literature, is at the Yiddish Book Center. There's no other place where you can, where you can combine those two fields. Great. And Miranda, same question. What drew you to Yiddish? What led you to apply for the fellowship? I first became interested in Yiddish um, during my sophomore year of college when I was taking a course on Jewish American literature, um, which led me to really fall in love with Jewish American literature. But um, during that course, I realized that a lot of what we think of as sort of the foundational texts of Jewish American literature, like Cynthia Ozick, Bernard Malamud, Saul Bellow, um, Isaac Bishop, a singer even, especially Singer, are rooted in Yiddish. And, you know, Singer, Besheva Singer is actually a Yiddish writer. The others wrote in English, um, but their syntax and their subject matter was so heavily influenced by Yiddish. And then someone like Beshevis, who was translated from Yiddish, of course, I felt like to be a serious scholar of Jewish American literature, I had to know more about Yiddish and needed to ultimately learn Yiddish. His brother, Israel Joshua, that was the real Yiddish writer. You <laughs> his, should read his Israel sister, Joshua. Esther Kreitman, also also a very accomplished Yiddish writer, little known. And Zeke, same question. What drew you to Yiddish? What inspired you to apply for the Book Center Fellowship? So I got into Yiddish while I was at UT on the suggestion of my cousin, Natalie, who was also a, um, she also went to the Steiner Summer Yiddish Program. Um, so I studied at UT, and I really just fell in love with the language and with the culture. Um, and so I applied for the Steiner Summer Yiddish Program and spent an amazing seven weeks and really just wanted to come back and spend more time at the Yiddish Book Center. So it seemed like the fellowship was probably the best way to do that. You're all doing great work here, important work. Miranda, Zeke, Rafi, I've actually been responsible for supervising some of your work, actually all of you which is unusual. Usually one person doesn't work with all of the fellows. Can you share a few behind-the-scenes stories about some of the more fun, surprising, rewarding experiences that you've had here over the past uh, few months? One of the things that I do, uh, I mentioned, is work on our translation fellowship. And our translation fellowship has three retreats per year at the Yiddish Book Center for the translation fellows to come and workshop their writing in a really rigorous and collaborative environment. Um, Led these workshops are led by 
literary translators. And I had the opportunity to sit in on those workshops. Um, and I'm a writer. And it was really amazing sort of to be part of the conversations that were happening and see how these translations were really rigorously workshopped um, and how people would trade ideas um, and throw out different words, different ways you could translate something, um, their perspective on how something sounded in the English versus how it sounded in the Yiddish. And it was just really amazing for me as a writer to get a chance to be part of that. Zeke, same question to you. You're all doing great work here. Can you please tell us about some fun, exciting behind-the-scenes moments? So for me, one of the most interesting moments was during our Onski weekend. So we hosted a weekend to sort of study um, to study the work of Shin Onski, who was a Yiddish writer. And we had Gabriella Safran here giving a few great lectures. And there was a woman who was attending the programs. Um, and she had a personal connection to Rumshinsky and Sholem Sekunda, who are Yiddish composers from... Uh, from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And she sort of told these personal stories about these composers who I had really only seen on the covers of the sheet music that I had just recently started working with. So it made that project sort of come alive for me um, to realize that this music wasn't just notes on a page, but it really meant something. Um, and these people who were creating the music really meant something to a lot of people. Say a little more about the sheet music project. What is this? What are you referring to? Sure. So at some point in our history, we received um, we received donations of Yiddish sheet music directly from Metro Music Publishing and Hebrew Music uh, Hebrew Publishing Company. Um, those were two music publishers, um, and so we have a lot of copies of those that we have in really good condition. We actually sell them now. Um, but in addition to that, we've also gotten donations of people's personal collections of sheet music. So that comes from people's homes. That also comes from um, organizations that they might have been part of that might have had a choir or might have had some sort of some sort of band that was playing music. So those came to us. They weren't always in the greatest condition, and they were also not always completely organized. We didn't totally know what we had. So part of what I've been doing is trying to make sure we know exactly what we have that way, if anybody wants to look into this music, they can easily come to us and um, we'll know exactly where to find what they're looking for. Great. You know, Rafi, you bring a lot to the center in terms of your contributions and collaborations and your expertise. Uh, what aspect of your work excites you the most or challenges you the most? Well, I, I love the fact that in one, in one day's work here at the Yiddish Book Center, I can I can end up doing what you would think of as three completely different jobs that would be in three completely different institutions. For example, I in the morning I can sit at my computer and encode a, a Yiddish vocabulary game for language learning, and then in the afternoon I can be in the stacks trying to find a rare book by Mendele Mochersforim, and then later I can be reading old newspaper articles to figure something out about the linotype. Great. Miranda, same question. What, what do you enjoy most about your work here? Yeah, I would definitely echo what, what Rafi said. There's sort of never, no two moments here are ever the same in the fellowship. Um, and I really enjoy getting to do a variety of things, um, engage with social media, which is something I enjoy, um, but also really deeply engage with some of my more intellectual interests, um, getting to write, but also getting to 
um, to read and also getting to work on Yiddish. We have an aspect of our fellowship where we get to just uh, read in Yiddish for an hour and then speak in Yiddish to each other for an hour. Um, so I enjoy that that's just part of my regular work, work week here. That's a really great opportunity. How often do we get trolled on social media? Um, we do not frequently get trolled on social media. How often do we troll other organizations? Um, not too frequently, really. Today I uh, tweeted at the Kardashians, which was a first for the Yiddish Book Center, I believe, because apparently the Kardashians don't know what Yiddish is, and this was all over the uh, Google alert for Yiddish, which is something I'm very familiar with in my job. So it seemed like a really crucial issue that we tweeted the Kardashians and let them know what Yiddish was. Zeke, where do you see this taking you in the future? And by future, I mean the year 2035. So in 2035, I hope to be speaking only Yiddish. <laughs> and so I think having worked here, I'm sort of well on my way to that. Um, between now and then, hopefully the work that I've done with the sheet music will help me um, with you know, research that I'm really interested in doing about Yiddish music and particularly Yiddish music in America. Um, so hopefully all the work that I've been doing here with the sheet music collection and with the audio collections um, will help inform some of that. Rafi, same question. Where do you see this taking you in the future? I'm thinking about uh, graduate school for either Yiddish literature or computer science but obviously I'm leaning towards the former. Is there anywhere where you could study both? There, there is a possibility of, of, of studying something like digital humanities where yeah. that would be a combination of both. Right. But obviously you lose the focus on either of them. You would need to find a digital humanities program that was ingrained enough within a university that had Yiddish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, interesting. Um, there, probably is one or t there probably are one or two such places. Miranda, where do you see this taking you in the future? And by the future, I mean like, you know, six months from now. What's your plan for right after your fellowship? Uh, no. Um, Miranda, where do you see this taking you in the future? Um, I, as I've said, I'm a writer. Um, and I, I'm really interested in sort of just the general ways that Yiddish is part of mainstream American culture um, and obviously part of Jewish American culture, um, and so I'm interested in sort of writing culture pieces and book reviews, film reviews, art reviews, things like that, related to to those aspects of uh, the places where Yiddish and American culture are intertwined. Um, and I also really hope to continue to improve my Yiddish, um, and my goal is to have good enough Yiddish that I can myself translate uh, literature from Yiddish into English. Great. And question for all of you: uh, What's been the most unexpected discovery of your, well, you know of your during your time here at the Yiddish Book Center? It could be a text, could be something you've learned, could be uh, something about life in Northampton or Amherst, Massachusetts. As I was composing my my finding aid for Mendelemacher's forum, I did find, and this was just uh, instead Instagrammed. What do you call it? Yeah, instead. Instead, really? Yeah, both of those. Good lingo. Instead by Miranda, uh, a picture of me holding this book by Mendele Mochersform, Vinchfingerl, which is abridged for children by Der Nister, another mm -hmm. great famous Yiddish author. And I not only didn't know about this book, but I didn't know that was really a thing. You know, famous Yiddish authors abridging famous works. Normally they're abridged by some random person, uncredited and unmentioned. 
We're currently accepting applications for the 2018-2019 fellowship. Can you make the case to anyone who might be considering applying in a sentence or two? Anyone who is really interested in Yiddish and Jewish literature, but Yiddish and or Jewish literature um, or Jewish culture, Yiddish culture, who maybe doesn't know exactly what kind of thing they want to be doing or whether they want to be writing or in school or working on programming, um, this is a really great opportunity to explore a few different things, improve, improve your Yiddish, improve your the depth of your knowledge of, of Jewish history and culture and literature, um, while also exploring a few different sorts of professional paths. And I think it's a really amazing opportunity to to do all of that at once. Emmis. This is a great place to surround yourself with Yiddish on a daily basis, and I don't think there are too many places to do that, so apply for the fellowship. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's great to work with all of you, and as always, fun to hear what you're up to. To learn more about the Yiddish Book Center's fellowship program and to apply, visit yiddishbookcenter.org slash fellowship dash program. The application deadline is January 7th, 2018. been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. My name is Lisa Newman. I'm Director of Communications at the Yiddish Book Center and host of The Schmooze. For more information about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. While you're there, I recommend listening to episode number 156, my interview with Eitan Kensky, in which he answers the question, where were the women writers? Until next time, be well, be healthy. Zeit gesund. Zeit gesund.